Okay, so episode four, Reclaiming the Feminine, uh, Madiha, creator. And Nayab, energy healer. So thank you, Nayab, for being here. I'm a little nervous. It's uh, the fourth episode. Yeah. I'm not, I thought I might have gotten a little bit more practice, but it's a, it's a big subject uh, for me, um, which is reclaiming the feminine through trauma bonds. Um, I don't know where to start, so I guess I'll start from the beginning, which is mostly about what it is to be a woman and how it has been. It's, more, it's actually a before and after story. So the before part of me identified with being a woman in a certain way, which meant that there was a construct, an outside construct that I was living in. Now that construct was uh, dictated and ruled by men and by society and by a lot of do's and don'ts, by what is acceptable and what is not, by who I needed to be. In fact, how I needed to change to fit in in that pre-designed construct. And I had learned that and I'd been exposed to it uh, since I was a child. So from a very early age, um, I was already being trained on how to interact with the outside world. And therefore, um, so as a child, I was a tomboy. In fact, but I was the eldest girl also. And so uh, my grandparents used to live abroad. So when they came back, they gigantic like life-size dolls Thinking, you know, first girl in the family. So what I would do, pretty horrific. But what I would do was I would twist off <laughs> the heads of those dolls. Oh my God. Yes. And um, I would uh, leave the heads aside and I would drag their torsos through the house. And until, uh, and, and it happened a couple of times, uh, much to the dismay of my mother and other, other relatives. We live, we were living in a joint family system. It was a smaller house. So, um, I, I have a younger sister, two years yeah, younger to me. So by some, uh, I, I don't know, whatever uh, enlightenment that my grandmother um, had one, uh, one other visit. And she got me this very beautiful life-size pink panther, which was a soft toy, but it was life-size, whose head I could not twist off. And also, pink panther did not offend me <laughs> with the blue eyes and with the perfect golden hair. And like, you know, pink panther was for some reason relatable. I felt like I bonded with my pink panther. So my um, my way of dragging pink panther around the house was very similar. But it, I felt like he was okay doing it. And I was, so we became friends very quickly. And pink panther stayed with me for about seven to eight years. Um, was not how, you know, my mother had envisioned having a first daughter, especially when I had like really elaborately crafted pink dresses and some with rhinestones on it. Um, I was I was given a lot of princess books to read to introduce me to the concept of what it is to be a girl. But was Sarena fall flat over. So, so that was me in my childhood. And then I hit adolescence and there's a whole new world out there for me to interact with. But I'm still not sure in that space as to how much of myself is safe for me to bring to the world to see. So I think from, uh, again, from a younger age, I learned to keep parts of myself to me and other parts of myself would be brought forward depending on the audience. So there was a part of me who was a, um, a scholarship student in school. There was a part of, part of me who was a model daughter at home very rarely. There was a part of me who was a very, very good friend and who would talk about all the things that girls would talk about, which was music, Sweet Valley High, you know, uh, boys, um, then growing up, the hair and the lack of it uh, and, and so much of it in certain other places. So there was a lot of conversation. So I was okay. It's not like it wasn't me, but I very distinctly, even at that time, did feel like an outsider. So anytime that I would read a story of, you know, of, of somebody who did not fit in, a vagabond who felt like the outcast, I could relate easily. 
And my sister was just the opposite. Uh, she was the girly girl, uh, you know, with all the right uh, with all the right ingredients, um, and and so the space that I had felt between me and me began to get wider as it so happens, uh, and I think it happens for for most of us um, as I had hit adolescence and then as I hit uh, my early adulthood. Or us space me, what did I do to fill that space? Because that gap was there. And what I did to fill that space was what I now understand because us faktoni itni agahi thi. What I understand now is filled it with a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. I was an extremely rude, and what other and how I titled myself as that I'm very straightforward, but I was an extremely rude and a very aggressive child. I was also a bully in school, so any sense of control that I did not feel inside. I decide to bring on the outside by exhibiting control where I could, which is the construct of power anyway, right? So you put down wherever you can exercise that power, and so I became a bully. Um, there were a couple of incidences in school which showed my parents that all was not well, but I was tamed, I was disciplined, and brought back to who I was supposed to be. and that's fine that's fine because if i were to look back now and say you know my parents could have handled it differently my parents did the best they could and they did know in the time that they did know that so the gap that i was filling with rage with anger with pain um from being distant from myself resulted in me self harming for no reason and a lot of people call it teenage angst but what i now understand teenage angst to be is that distance between you and you for me my choice of self harm was blades uh it started off with candles i would burn my hands and then it switched to blades razors and it felt okay because in that moment and only in that moment everything that i was doing was real and it was all me there was no audience i would never do it in public there was i was not performing for anybody and i was i guess a part of me was reminding myself as to who i am when i'm all of me is together in one point when i'm not fragmented so that was that part and but how that so now i'm stepping into my adulthood as a woman as a young woman who has all the right ticks i'm uh, i looks wise i'm acceptable studies wise i'm a great student i'm very well spoken i'm very outspoken very confident and i end up making the worst choice possible for my first marriage choosing a man who did not like if it baffled like there was no shock and all the badi baat ki baat hai my everybody who heard us like it baff why why would you choose that person right and forget about the specifics but that choice was so unlike a seemingly successful independent 21 year old girl to make a 23 year old girl to make that it just it, it was just very unsettling for everybody and i guess it was a little unsettling for myself also because uh that married only stayed intact for 3 months but by that time i'd conceived and therefore i gave birth to my child and got divorced the point is why did i choose that man and and of course at that time also i didn't realize that i was but from what i understand now there's when you that that gap that you fill with pain and anger and rage of not being accepted for who you are for not being seen as who you are for not being able to step forward as who you are makes you angry makes you to be a a soul more than a body which is very much in pain and souls which make decisions from a place of pain will always make painful decisions they will always choose people who are going to hurt them so i don't know why we get surprised when we get hurt so of course they are going to because painful souls are attracting other souls in pain 
and there has started a cycle of pain and rage and hurt. Now, whether those, because as women and because we have uh, an opposite gender, our most significant choices um, end up being related to men and women. So therefore, when women in pain are choosing men in pain, and then when men in pain are hurting women in pain, it becomes, um, you know, the hatred or the projection of it comes out on men. But at the heart of it, the two souls in pain, choosing to be with each other to perpetuate a cycle of pain. And when those two souls are not together and you separate yourself because that's why marriages break or relationships end, because you're still in pain, because you have still not met yourself, you will end up making four or five or six or seven other such decisions which will lead to a magnified chain of pain. And we give that chain of pain name, men versus women. Because men are choosing those men, women are choosing those men, and men are responding to that pain. It just becomes this divisiveness, this space of divisiveness, where it's now us versus them. And therefore, the narrative then arises where to reclaim our identity, to reclaim our um, sense of power, we have to fight against men. And the only war that is worth fighting for any soul, man or woman, is the one that's fought on the inside. And the reason why nobody or very few people have the courage to fight those wars is because it's the hardest war you'll ever fight. Because there is no other to call the enemy. There is no, what battlefield are you stepping onto? It's your own heart. Um, What victims are are you claiming? It's all the selves that we've been our whole lives. There is nobody to blame. It's you and you and you and you. And when you step into that battlefield on the inside, you realize that everybody's hurting. Everybody's hurting. So then there is not, it doesn't remain about a man versus a woman. It's about a girl who's been brought up to not be okay to claim who she is and step forward as such. And a boy who's been brought up who has not been encouraged to step into his vulnerability and claim who he is. And he has built walls and the girl has built walls. Girl, both have built walls to keep themselves safe. A woman, because she doesn't want to be feeling unsafe, she wants to be taken care of. A man, because he doesn't want to be vulnerable, he too wants to be taken care of. But the point is, there is no other prince that's going to come or rescue or save us. The only weak, the only power there is um, to save us is us. Yeah. But it takes a lifetime. Doesn't it? Oh, it does. It takes a lifetime <laughs> to recognize that and to uh, find it in yourself to. Oh my God, my heart is beating. It's racing so fast. I cannot describe it. I think you might be able to hear it through the... But it takes a lifetime to be able to uh, step into your own self that you had left behind years and years and years ago. Mm -hmm. And when you step back into yourself, the one that you'd left behind, who you would meet is the six or five or a four or a seven-year-old girl who is there exactly where you left her. She may not want to talk to you for a little while because she's been forgotten. There are mounds of earth that you've built on top of her, which are the shields that we build. But as you begin to unearth yourself and as you begin to pull off those skins, the ones that you've built, you'll find that six or seven. For me, it's an eight-year-old girl. And what you would say to her what I did say to her when I met myself, I was like, oh, wow, hi, Madiha. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the magic that she is, mm. 
is the magic that I am today and the magic that I left behind when I thought that it was not safe for me to step forward with my magic. And what is that magic? For me, for me, what is that magic? What, what, does, what is the magic for a feminine? This beautiful, powerful, powerful um, intuition that she has, this knowing that she has, the sixth sense, she has the seventh and the eighth and the ninth as well, this beautiful knowing that she has on how to heal, on how to nurture. She's a natural healer and she's a natural nurturer. And I remember just two weeks ago, I was having this conversation with my mother and she said, you know, you have too much hope. You believe too much in things which are unseen. And she was narrating a story of her best friend who had gone through a lifetime and still is alive. Um, she is, uh, she has, she's very unwell. She has health issues, but she's spent a lifetime waiting for somebody. And my mother was saying, you know, this is what women do. They put aside their own needs and wants and desires in expecting or hoping or believing in love and love doesn't happen. Why do you believe in the magic of love so much? And in that moment, this is what I said to her. I said, Amma, ek tulip hai, jiska naam love hai. Okay. And that tulip you import from somewhere or it comes to you, it's given to you as a gift. And you try to plant it in a soil that is not fertile, that has poison in it, and that has pesticides in it that's not been taken care of that hasn't gotten the rain and the sun that it's needed so you plant that beautiful tulip in that soil which is not fertile and when the tulip dies and the tulip does not grow how do you you cannot blame the tulip you nurture the soil you fix the soil you water the soil fix care you nurture the soil and most of us, when we believe in love, we're believing in growing gardens of beauty and magic and love in a soil which is poisonous with pain and anger and helplessness in having given away our power. So if there's one way of me, and I'll, I'm just going to come to you, but this is one way for me to describe what a feminine and who the feminine is. Mm -hmm. I would describe her as this beautiful, rich, moist, nurturing, not call her space, this nurturing space that grows things, that has the power to grow beautiful, beautiful things. It has the power to heal. You put in plants which may not grow in any other soil, will grow in this soil. That is what a beautiful, true feminine is. But when we are caught in our trauma bonds of rejection, of separation from ourselves, because rejection, separation are outside from ourselves, then we cannot be who we were meant to be. And who we're meant to be are this, is this life-giving force. The literal part of it is our wounds. But the more potent part of it is our heart mm -hmm. and when the heart is shielded and wrapped in cloths upon cloths to keep it safe then how does it give the light that will nurture and bring other life to light it cannot the feminine has that power yeah so um i think cloth is an understatement I think it's walls, walls of bricks. And I have seen them with people who are locked up inside themselves and they're not ready to share themselves with the world just because of the traumas that they're carrying. So uh, you shared your experience of the, the masculine and the feminine both and how um, you experienced it and how you grew out of it grew into it and grew out of yes. it yes 
and got to know yourself better through the journey. My experience of feminine has been different, the masculine and feminine as I remember it. Uh, for me, it was uh, as a little child that I remember myself to be, I feel I was very balanced. I had both the masculine and the feminine and I would like to say like a perfect balance. Mm. Maybe there isn't such a thing as perfect, mm. but this is how I remember it. But over time as in teenagers, my feminine got really, really wounded and suppressed. And my masculine had to come forward to take the lead and navigate through the world. But all these, all these years, all this while I was, um, it felt like I was dragging the dead feminine within me and uh, relying on my masculine to do things while she was suffocated, smothered, not allowed to express herself, not allowed to say anything, not allowed to express her opinions, her voices. And so my journey of healing was to go back to that feminine, revive her. Mm. And believe me, when I went down inside myself to talk to her, she was she was like almost dead. And it took me so much time to be able to just revive her enough so that she would talk to me. Mm. So that I would know what is it that she really wanted. What is it that she really needed. And she was very angry at, at the masculine. But I understand that... Um, where the masculine comes from. Yeah. Yeah. So this, the world, the society that we live in today has been designed by the masculine for the masculine. Uh, mostly the systems that are operating are operating by the masculine uh, principle. Uh, so that affects feminine more. Mm. Right. And the feminine gets more suppressed as compared to the masculine. That's what I feel. Yeah. And, um, uh, but I understand that the masculine is also not in, in the healthy state. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So masculine is operating from the wounded place mm. and the feminine is also operating from the wounded place. Mm. So both of them come in different forms, yeah. different manifestations. Uh, for masculine, it is uh, it becomes the power game, which is more direct, aggressive. Um, for the feminine, it is more passive. Mm. So feminine becomes more manipulative to try mm. to get its needs. Masculine becomes more direct, straightforward and mm. aggressive to get its needs met. So, but the journey mm. that we are taking mm. is to heal both the masculine and the feminine. Yes. Right? To a point where both of them connect with their own divine selves. Mm. Right? See the beauty that they both are mm. right and both of them come to exist in a perfect balance in like a dance of two mm. polarities mm. so you know there's a lot of talk going on around these days about rising of the divine feminine yep and some people think that when the feminine rises it will take on the leadership roles throughout mm. the world and it will heal the world but it cannot happen without the masculine absolutely coming into its yeah. true power as well mm. so they are going to be like both sides of the equation have to be balanced so I love uh, so before we go into more because I know that for us talking about the masculine and the feminine is almost um, for you and me but for us I mean you and I it's uh, almost an you know, it's a normal thing to do. Yeah. But um, to, to break it down, the concept of what it means uh, for, you know, what, what the feminine means and what the masculine means and what it means to when we say that each soul has the yin and yang already within it. So each soul is already, as a soul, a perfect balance of the feminine and the masculine. And what that means is, if we were to simplify the concept a little bit, is that when we speak of the feminine, the values or the the magic pow magical powers that she has is that of intuition, of a knowing, of healing, yeah. of nurturing. And the magical powers that the masculine has is of courage, 
of being bold, of taking action, of having strength to do so. And so for a woman, when she is asked to step into her feminine power, to bring balance to the masculine, how I have understood it and simplified it for myself, and it's resonated for me so deeply, I wanted to share it, is that I have played the role of both the feminine and the masculine if I just look at these characteristics. So I have let my heart lead but I have done so with courage. In many cases, I have let courage be my leading uh, light. And I have, uh, I have cemented it with my intuition. So there's a balance that my soul naturally knows how to play at and create. But we do that mostly in points of, in world events or in life events. When we have to do it, we have to masculine and feminine balance. We can live that balance for a little health time, but without healing it. But what I'm feeling now more and more, um, and which I love about myself, is that every time that I am doing something that is courageous, I am acknowledging that and relating that with my masculine. And every time I am blindly, without a second thought, following my intuition, I am crediting it to my feminine. And I'm being able to have a conversation with both sides of me. And how that's changed, some, it has changed something for me quite drastically in the way that I'm interacting with my masculines who show up in my life, in the outside world. So whether those are hooligans down the road when you're driving. And what I'm being able to do now is look at them. Uh, imagine two guys on a bike and you're driving down. And typically a woman would feel unsafe when she's being tailed by a bike. And I've done that and you would react and be aggressive. But what I'm being able to do now, and I'll tell you the effect of it. What I'm being able to do now is I look at them with love because uh, not love from a top line but okay yeah. i understand where you're coming from yeah. you are looking for acceptance from the feminine yes i see that so i may not be able to love them but all i say and i do the, the intention that i said is i see why you're doing what you're doing my focus is not on what you're doing anymore and how is it that those same hooligans, hooligans, how is it that those same masculines in that space fall back? Yeah. How? How is that happening? If it's not beautiful, pure, energetic play of me communicating, because what I've understood is that every time that I'm responding to a masculine outside myself, I'm actually responding to a wounded masculine inside myself. Mm. And I don't want to be carrying around like you put so beautifully. I don't want to be carrying around uh, a dead weight anymore. Yours was of the mask of the feminine, and mine has been both. Uh, both have been um, the bo both have suffered. Both have suffered. So I don't want. So every time that I am owning the masculine, which shows up in the world outside me, I am healing the masculine inside me. And what's that teaching me is in moments where I want to appear as my masculine, which is, for example, in board meetings, typically, I'm just giving you very like cliched mm -hmm. scenarios in board meetings where the earlier Madiha would dress a certain way. I was I had a beautiful wardrobe of how I wanted my office wardrobe. I was not into my my jewelry. My jewelry was for my girls time. Now, in the place that I'm working in, I show up as a feminine, owning it. And when I step into a board meeting as a feminine, my first reaction to being criticized, to being put down or being shut up is not a wounded reaction, mm. mostly. Mm. Uh, but it is a calmer, quieter response. And when you respond from that place, 
the masculine sitting in front of me responds with kindness. Yeah. So for a long time, I have associated feminism with showing up to change the world around you, to change the men around you, teaching our fathers and our brothers and our husbands and our partners and our friends to support you better. And I'm saying change the narrative. Mm. I'm saying support them better. Mm. But we can only support them better when we show up for ourselves. So first show up for yourself. And how you choose to do that, only you can tell. There is no big formula of how one feminine shows up as herself. Everybody, every feminine, every masculine is born with a unique gift. Every soul is born with a unique gift. So whether it means showing up the way you want, you know, changing the way you dress, changing the way you talk, I'd started speaking like the masculine. Because I was in a high-powered um, corporate space, I adopted the mannerisms, the language of the masculine because I was not ready for my feminine to come out. She was beautifully wounded. And I, my beautifully wounded male wanted to take, uh, masculine wanted to take charge. And I let it do it. Uh, except that because it was also wounded, it ended up just creating a bigger cycle of pain. Yeah. But somebody has to, somebody has to break the loop. Break the loop. Mm-hmm. It's gone on for too long. It's gone on through generations, through history. And now the scars are on at our soul level. Um, so in Theta Healing, I love how. Uh, so somebody was asking me that day, uh, she was asking, what's the difference between energy healing and uh, going to a therapist? And so I was explaining to her, I said, in Theta Healing and as a spiritualist, we believe that we exist at four levels. There might be 15 others, we don't know, but at yeah. four primary levels. One is the core level, which is your body. Mm. The other is your genetic level, which is what's passed on through generations. Then it's a history level, which is the culture and the society around you. And when the same drama is played out over and over and over again at a soul level. So imagine a trauma. And by trauma, I mean a simple belief that men put down women and women are not safe with men. When this belief is passed down from one generation to the other, is reflected and reinforced by society, shows up in our everyday behaviors at the core level Mm. so much that it becomes a part of our soul truth, then the healing has to happen at a soul level. And so what a therapist does is it touches the the surface, which is the core, Mm. which is helpful, which is a great beginning, which is relevant. Mm. Do that. But the wound goes much deeper. Mm. And therefore, we've got to go much deeper to go and see A, what the wound is saying, not to change it, not to heal it. That's not the first step. It's like, what is the wound? What is the wound? What is the wound? Then you don't have to do anything, which is, is transmuted in itself. So the difference between going to a therapist and going to an energy healer mm-hmm. is that in my view, energy healing is happening at all four levels and a belief is being changed. A core belief is being changed at all four levels so that you're a little bit more equipped to be, to be able to close that gap between you and you. Yeah. So for... Um for theta healing, it's the four levels that you mentioned. Mm. Um, for Reiki and other stuff that I do, uh, we say that the four levels are body, emotions, mind, and spirit. Mm. Right? But I understand they are more or less the same thing. Mm. Yeah. So in when we are talking about energies, we are touching all these levels. Mm. Right? So that is where true healing happens. Yep. About the traumas, yes, the the masculine and the feminine have been feeding each other into a loop, mm. right? Mm. As you said, for far too long. And 
somebody's got to break that cycle and i believe that feminine being the inherently healing one yes has to has to take the lead here yes yes because masculine uh, like even in creation right it's just like you said women carry the womb women yep. create women even creativity or the right side of your brain is connected to the feminine mm. energy right so any aspect where creation is so beautiful um connected mm. right it it is connected to the feminine mm. so when we are going to create a new pattern like birthing a new pattern mm. of healing mm. that also has to come from the feminine first mm. right and i agree with you on the feminism thing mm. yeah it's <laughs> controversial yeah, it's not it's the first time that i i, I believe i don't understand feminism mm. the feminist movement because absolutely women have been suppressed for far too long yes right and we keep showing up from a place of such anguish yes and the anguish is real it is real no but it is so valid and yeah. it's been uh, it's been made more valid over centuries yeah. across the globe across cultures across religions it's just been made more valid and more valid mm. but there's got to be that one woman who stands up and yeah So I think what the feminist movement is doing is basically trying to make a space for women where they can they have the space enough to take the first step mm. you know because they don't even have the space to make their own choices mm. right so when they don't have that space to make their own choices they cannot make choices that are going to be healing so the feminine reaction right now in the world mm. in the form of the movement mm. is asking for that space from the men nayab this is so beautiful because it's blowing my mind right now because how it's translating for me because i had not thought of the feminist movement in that space at all but how it's translating for me is when the two friends who come together there's a friend who's hurting a lot right yeah. and the reason why she's come to that friend is that that friend will hold space for her yeah while she processes her pain my app goes on solo so then what you're saying is that the feminist movement how it is right now is creating space yeah for the feminine to at least start with the first word yes with that first step before so it's a, a this is the first word yeah, and the like first the pendulum step pendulum is going to swing to the other end this first is so beautiful before it comes to the center but what it makes me feel and that's what i want for the world <laughs> i want love yeah <laughs> for the world how it makes me feel is exactly how you would feel when you see a child being born yeah there's a sense of awe there's a sense of wonder and there's a sense of such hope mm. and if we can show up for the feminist movement with this sense of awe mm. and of this wonder of hope of something beautiful a new construct and a new life being born if we can show up in love which is exactly what's happening around the world as more and more souls male or feminine are waking up yeah and just by being aware of their own traumas and of being aware that the reason why their lives by the way people who are waking up mostly are people who have train wrecks of lives yeah <laughs> <laughs> so for the first time they're realizing wow woh dabba train ka isliye gira tha woh dabba isliye gira tha woh dabba isliye gira tha woh dabba isliye so it's finally making sense mm-hmm. and the beautiful thing is and i i can't s- say enough about healing in this way that healing is not something that you do it happens when you just look at something with clarity and with awareness so the light of awareness is healing yeah so when you know why you did what you did 
And the why is not the story that you told yourself, but stems from such a deep-rooted place. Yeah. Um, it is so, so painful and so comforting. Yeah. Because for the first time, at least you're not blaming the, putting the blame outside. Yeah. Healing is understanding. That's just, it is. Self-understanding. Yeah. Like understanding. So beautiful. Yeah. Understanding where a certain behavior or pattern is coming from, that is all that healing is. Once you see it, it dissolves. How beautiful. I remember that four or five years Again, I was having this conversation with another friend of mine who I really hope comes uh, on the podcast as well. And I w- we were speaking to him and he's like, how does healing happen? I said, so I think of pain as the deepest parts of the ocean that nobody has discovered and these dark, slimy, ugly-looking creatures live in that depth just wanting to be seen. And the moment you see them, not as the other, but as one of your own, and you say, oh, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. And for the first time, what your pain and your anger and your rage would look so ugly to you, its feeling is, finally, she is accepting me for who I am without wanting to change me. And in that act, the healing's already happened. You know, just like somebody said, uh, monsters don't lie under the bed. Don't hide under the bed. Mm. They hide inside our minds. Yes. Yeah. So the monsters are just inside. You know, if the feminine is looking at masculine as a monster, the feminine needs to understand that the monster is within. Yes. Yeah. And the only place where true healing can take place is within. Mm. So once we learn to hold space and heal the inner masculine, we learn to hold space for the outer masculine as well. Mm. And that's how the chain of chain reaction of healing begins. Absolutely. So I, again, I've been having such so many of these magical conversations. So another uh, another person, all of these different people, I promise, are not people I've made up in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> another person came. And so she said, a simple question, and this is the question I'm going to ask you as well, but I'll give you my answer. So where does one begin? If um, So the question was, I'm feeling like there's something that I want to change. I don't know what it is and I don't know where to begin. What do you suggest? This is the question that she put to me. And I thought for two minutes and I, my, I racked through all the techniques that I ever learned. And then... Um, no, what I said to her was, take out five minutes, 10 minutes preferably, but five, let's start with five. Let's take out five minutes in a day where, first of all, you make the intention that I am going to sit down and I'm going to meet myself. I'm going to have a conversation with myself. So first, you set that intention. Then depending on your living situation. So right now I'm living with my parents and my safe space is my bathroom (laughs) on the rug down, so on the floor. So um, you place yourself on in that private space, whatever that space is, because you're going to meet yourself. You sit down for five minutes, start off with five minutes in silence. Mm. And I'm not calling it meditation, just sit down in five minutes for silence and just ask a simple question to yourself. Okay, Madiha? What would you like to talk about today? Or what would you like to say to me today? Start with that. Mm. For me, that's the first step. That's brilliant. I would love for you to like, do you think there's something else? Like if I were to come and ask you. So that was a question that was posed to me. And I said, so Naya, I'm feeling uh, unlike myself. And I feel like I'd like to make a few changes. And Mm. I really am intrigued by this concept of healing. Mm. Where do I begin? Mm. Okay, so for me um, and how I like to take my clients as well on this journey is to get in touch with their feelings and their sensations mm. in the body, mm. right? Because um, it, it, you know, it's surprising for me even to find out that a lot of people are not even aware of what they're feeling 
at a particular moment right if they are in a conflicting situation with somebody and they are experiencing a certain emotion they cannot name what the emotion is right and at times they cannot even tell where they are experiencing experiencing it in their body mm. right so if there is anger where do they carry the anger right so it's brilliant the first step that you said take some time out sit with yourself and have a conversation um although the conversation can sometimes just go on and on in circles right so if you want to like instead of going horizontally go in vertically in the depths of it you need to get in touch with your sensations so every emotion that you feel sort of um connects all the past experiences where you have felt that emotion so emotion is like that thread you hold on to it right and then you start pulling it and all of these past experiences and traumas start coming out mm. and it will lead you into that core event where it started mm. so that's for me that's the process i love i love that and i think i'm going to add something else because in one of our sessions um uh, and i didn't realize that before is one of the question that you asked me in one of our sessions was where are you feel where in your body are you feeling this emotion Yeah. and you realize that exact way similar to what you said that uh the emotion that you're feeling right now is thread a, a thread and if you keep pulling it you'll see that it's all linked to a similar emotion experienced in different events you will also see that emotion shows up in the same part of your body yes every time yeah. so um and once you identify where that emotion is living right now in your conversation with yourself perhaps you can go directly to that place mm. so for me it's been my throat for a very long time because i've not been speaking my truth mm. then it was my chest because i've not been following my truth mm. then it was my stomach because i've been ruled by fear for such a long long time sometimes it's all three of them combined and that's okay and i what i again another thing that i a recent thing that i've started writing for myself to remind myself is i love the fact that i am divine i love the fact that i am human yeah and i honor my divinity i honor my humanity not one or the other the fact that i am divine in the human body that's the wonder and i don't know you want to say something because i i did um, i have a print out right here uh, of uh, of something i wanted to read it out because for me it captures uh, at least my journey of reclaiming the feminine and what it means to uh, be free in mm. my point of view as a woman mm. okay so mm. i just wanted to add one thing um as you said the divinity and the humanity mm. um in these polarities that exist in this universe they are they are they are the, like the yin and the yang right mm. so there's always masculine and a feminine touch to it mm. so here the divinity is the feminine and the humanity is the masculine mm. so we can likewise find feminine principle and the masculine principle in everything mm. like everything like even if you take an atom right the nucleus of it would be the feminine and the electrons around it would be the masculine right so it's just that it's just a play of both of these they both come together always yeah. and one cannot rise without the other yeah it's not possible it's not possible yeah. so thank you i'm just going to read this um and it's titled freedom we've sought it all our lives in versions of ourselves built citadels upon steel to seal it in the walls that you were talking about mm-hmm. that feeling of a moment stolen in the storm of the night revving down boulevards 150 miles an hour the silence the rage within a slip and you fly you believe that to be freedom or in love choosing brittle wound edged loves which would give us a second chance choosing half promises half hearts leftovers from a sunday walk believing this this would take us back to the light of the sun 
a shard or a spark fought within battlefields of skin, a wisp, a smile, a kiss. We believed that to be freedom. But all we had done was run. And then a day comes. So ordinary it's hello when you're touching up the gray of your roots, a mahogany song, and your hand trembles, your eyes, you look closer, luminous the iris, a sea gentle. And for the first time, since the first time you held a daffodil in your palms when you were seven, for the first time you call your name to the light, feel it fill your tongue, octaves of the sun, rich, honey, full. You speak it aloud, louder this time, and it rises, iridescent, a moth testing the weight of its wings, hesitant then strong, and so you begin. Freedom. Look how your hands, veined and proud, have dug years into a tree. Look how your arms have kneaded lifetimes into cheese-warm crusts. How your body has stretched and reassemble stars to birth that one life that says, Mama, look how you have trespassed, your soul a firefly through trenches of the dark. Look who you have become, neon. And so now, finally, gray and stretched, you understand what you are worth, constant, and how precious this dewdrop, freedom, and now there is nothing to be measured, nothing to be earned. You have become. And all the stories we've been told, all we have learned, how small we are, how insignificant, begin to come undone. And the hunger we have fed in memories and in photographs, waiting for doorbells to ring, the sound of footsteps, in contracts drawn and torn, a forever love we had been searching for, so hungry, wars of the heart lost and won, but now finally you have become. And so you take off your armor, how carefully you had stitched it, unchoosing your worth, and you lay down your arms. Look back into, look back into the mirror, my love, look. Freedom. Mm. Yeah. So that's what it that's is. Amazing. Thank you. And that's what it is. And very uh, elevating. It is. It is. Uh, that is exactly how it feels to be a woman reclaiming her femininity. Yeah. That's how it feels. So thank you so much, Nayab, for being thank here. Thank you, uh, This is the first time we're meeting, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. We've been talking. We've been doing our online sessions for a while. Yeah. For me, it's 11 o'clock at night in my bathroom when my after my <laughs> daughter is asleep. And you've been kind enough to show up for that um but i think just on the second phone call we realized that uh you're a part of my soul tribe yeah you are yeah. and it, it was <clears throat> amazing for uh, me to you know meet somebody who was talking my language without same. any context same whatsoever how do you think yeah. i felt like dude like, <laughs> like how why? have i manifested her yeah thank you i love you I love you too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>